You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. We have got so much to get through this week that uh, we've decided to give the Mighty Murph a week off. Another week off of well-earned rest before the Six Nations begin. And uh, who better then to do this podcast with, with a man who comes alive at this time of year, like a, <laughs> like a, like a national hunt racehorse getting ready for Cheltenham. It's Dan Killick ahead of the Six Nations. How are you, Dan? Very good, Jed. Gavin Henson is back. <laughs> Dust, dusting <laughs> off the silver boots. That's it. That's it. He's fit, the, ready, the, and raring to go. The fake tan. And what are we getting? The fake tan. Shave, shave fake away, Killick. Shave away. That's it. Hair on point. <laughs> and Jed, if you if you if you're looking good, you play good. Yeah. Mate, this is great. This is great chat. I'm gonna bust that illusion for all the listeners because the pair of us uh, look horrendous at the moment. Yours, you you obviously haven't got that trademark gel in your hair, Dan, and you look like uh, like, Jim, like Jim Carrey in uh, in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and I haven't either as well, so God knows what. Uh, yeah. Yeah, lucky for everyone, this isn't, a, this isn't a video podcast. Anyway, I've wasted a minute waffling about nonsense when we've actually got tons of rugby to get through. So first half of the show, or first part of the show, we're going to talk about the, uh, the regions in action over the weekend which was very exciting and uh, and lots to talk about. Uh, very exciting, unless you're watching the Dragons game, of course. And then in the second part of the show, Dan and I are going to preview the Six Nations, uh, including our uh, our predictions for winners, losers, wooden spoon, breakthrough player, star player, top try scorer, all that kind of stuff that I've uh, recycled from last year's show. So, uh, yes, let's get stuck right into it, Dan. Uh, I know it's been another uh, another tough weekend for you on the uh, on the rugby watching front. So, are we going to throw this one over to you and you become the you become the host for a minute and I'll um and I'll handle the rugby. 
Yeah, let's go. Let's go that way around then. Yeah. Where do you want to begin? I think there's only one place to begin, and that has got to be Cardiff twenty nine. Leinster 27 mate that honestly I really did enjoy that game absolutely incredible looked like the atmosphere was buzzing down there and look this is what sport's all about I think those you know that a game that goes right down to the wire and it's the last kick of the game to win it whatever happened it was a really entertaining game of rugby and the fact that that Jared had the uh, had the stones to step up and and knock it over was just a really fitting end to a to a brilliant game. So, so I, I know obviously it's a Leinster side without without all their internationals, but as we know, right, a, a Leinster third string could realistically make the semi finals of this competition anyway. So, I think uh, I think it's a, a huge result for Cardiff, massive for for Dai Young. Hopefully, they'll be able to build on it. Um, but yeah, some really big performances in there. Yeah, I, I heard the forwards went exceptionally well who stood out for you your forwards have got to go well against Leinster haven't they you know again we're talking about a Leinster side without internationals but you've still got Devin Toner and Reese Ruddock and and guys like this in there with bucket loads of experience and and you know the pair of them are as, as hard as nails and um, but yeah I mean to, to a man I thought the, the pack was was really good Will Boyd put in two huge turnovers mm. and again I think that's that's really big actually because he's you know he's only featured in fits and starts this season really and so, you know, massive hats off to him. Turnbull put in another big shift. Uh, yeah. How good is Turnbull? How good is Turnbull? Well, yeah, he's, what a, and he's you know, slid into the second row now as well. Um, and I'll tell you what was... what it's just exceptional play. I'll tell you what was impressive. The scrummaging went well too. And, um, you know, big... Uh, again, whatever length to pack you're playing against, if you, if you can get the scrum going well, then uh, then I think that's, uh, that's, that's no mean feat. So, yeah, big, big hats off to the... To the front row, and uh, I tell you, a yeah. player who did impress me off the bench, Dan, as well, and you'll like that one. It's um, it's Sam Moore, uh, who has had a, mm. a time ravaged with injury. But whenever I've seen him play for either Cardiff or for, or play for RFC or play for, uh, play for Cardiff, um, you know, I've I've been impressed with him. And if he can stay injury free, he is a, he is a, he's a big handful. He came off the bench, played very well. But he is, yeah, he's a big, he's a big man, isn't he? And there was a lot of hype, wasn't there, before when he when he signed, and at the time which he signed, the talk, all the talk was, wasn't it, if he can stay fit mm. and, and get himself fit. But yeah, I read that he he was quality when he came on. Just hoping and praying that he can um, he can get some keep get his fitness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I read that Dylan Lewis uh, went very well as well. Yeah, the, he was off, really off the bench. He was really good off the bench again at the breakdown, as you'd expect, just an absolute handful. And he did a really, really good job. Won some crucial penalties in there. So yeah, you can't, um, you can't fault that at all, actually. Um, you know, do you know what? Who looked really good in the first half till he went off injured. And that was, uh, that was Rory Thornton. I thought he had a, he had a, a big first and he looked, he looked bigger he looked much, much bigger and more powerful than I'd seen him before, uh, and he had a, he had a big game before he went off. But look, I, th- I think everyone to a man was was excellent. But um, two players in the backs who who stood out, Jared was quite rightly man of the match. Not just not just for that kick, but just mo- you know moments of magic and setting up the uh, setting up the first try. And that's the other guy who was so 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 impressive was was Owen Lane. And uh, as Murph messaged us before we uh, before we came on air. His exact words were, um, let's just get this up. <laughs> Owen Lane's top quality finish took a huge steaming dump all over his squad admission 
and uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with that actually because he, um, you know, for a player who's in the squad in the autumn, he's played pretty well since, and and that showed what he's capable of. So yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, I think if there's any any injuries, he'll be in 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 the back um, the backfield. He'll be called up pretty quickly, won't he? Another another great performance. I I, I also saw that um, Alex Summerhill had a great game, and I know both me and you. <laughs> We've never seen him have a bad game. Um, he's, a, he's a good player, isn't he? Really good player. Uh, yeah. I've, you know, we've, we've said it a million times. You go back through any of these podcasts, and normally it's those dull Sundays, isn't it, Dan, when we're struggling to find something to talk about, and we'll just pick out, oh, yeah, again, Alisson had another good game for, yeah. for Cardiff. And, yeah, he's just a... I just think he's a, a really, really handy player at this level, and he's quick, he's powerful, he's... You know, does the does the basics well? I'm yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of him, so it's good to see him. Yeah, good to see him uh, getting recognised. I think. Yeah, it's a it's a all the yeah some great performances by boys that we needed to go well, didn't we? You know, Carre mm. had a had a big performance, didn't he? Lewis, Lewis and his Tash. Um, obviously, Jared's not known for his kicking, but slots that slots that goal. Still, um, I was thinking he's probably sixth choice ten, isn't he? And well, he uh, is under, under, he, he under, is Pivac. under Pivac. He's probably he's probably behind um, players who've retired now. I'd have thought. Yeah. But, um, well, Patch. Yeah, Patch will be a, be ahead of him, wouldn't he as well? And Domachowski, you're one of your big favourites uh, at a at a top game. I read as well. Well, mate. Yeah, as I mentioned the scrum, and I just think he's so he's so solid in there. You know, I, I don't know enough about scrummaging to to go into any great detail, but whenever you do you want me to step in? Yeah, you should. You should feel <laughs> this one. No, no. But, <laughs> it's all made up. But, <laughs> but I just, I just think he's got. You know, he's he's very, very consistent in that area. You don't often see him, see him going backwards. And uh, yeah, I thought he added. You know, added a lot in there. So yeah, big, big performance for Cardiff, and hopefully they can um, they can string a few results together and finish the season well. But yeah, it was a uh, an absolutely engaging game of rugby. Uh, where do you want to Where do you want to head next? Okay, let's head west. Let's head over to the Ospreys getting a cracking win, 23-19 against uh, Topside in Edinburgh. Yeah, now um, I feel like we've been quite critical of the Ospreys in, in recent times and you know, obviously they rested a lot of players last week, but perhaps that, that did the trick. You know, them, them getting the, the result. There were, some, there were some really soft tries that they conceded, but at the same time, it takes a lot of character to to stick that behind you and and come back and and uh, and get a win. And while we're talking about people being overlooked for selection, I know I bang on about it all the time. But Reese Webb, man of the match, you know, yeah. you, saw, you saw everything in that game that that you want to see from Reese Webb. You know, the the show and goes, the breaks, the quick the quick tap pens, and yeah, I just I just don't get that he's not. In one of the, you know, that he's not considered one of the best threes in um, available for selection, and you know, I get it if you're not looking to, if you don't, if you don't think he's going to make the next Rugby World Cup, which personally I think he could. If you don't want to pick him for that reason, all right, fine. But you know, in the same token, you've got Reese Priestland, who's a, a year older than him, in there as as fourth choice fly half. So all of a little bit baffling to me, but big win for them. Again, obviously, it's an Edinburgh side without its internationals, but you've got to put away what's in front of you. And um, and and they did that. And, you know, as much as we've moaned a little bit, 
they're in sixth place in the league now, the Ospreys. So they've got an opportunity to to put together a good end of the season. So fingers crossed, um, fingers crossed that'll come. But they showed um, one of the bits that they showed on Scrum Five tonight was uh, was a charge that I think it was Luke Morgan charged down one of the conversions. And a, you very very rarely see that, but I think it is quite significant of perhaps the attitude that that's, that's exactly what you want to see. Mm. Someone who's going, right, if there is an opportunity to put this guy off and, and keep two points away, I'm going to bust a gut to get there. So, uh, I, I, yeah, all in all, very, very encouraging performance for the Ospreys. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sort of spirit that you touched upon there is um, is probably absolutely spot on because, yeah, to, for them to, to fight back from 14 you know, fourteen nil down. That's not it's not easy to do, is it? And um, yeah, hopefully the Ospreys can kick on now. And um, it's exactly what we needed, isn't it? These 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 two wins, yeah. big big wins. Well, yeah, it is. And you know, off the the week, obviously last week we made a point of turning it into the you know the the reasons to be cheerful podcast and trying to find a positive spin in um, in things. It's working, Jeff. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? The boys are listening. This is it. Um... <laughs> But look, you know, I, I think with that, quickly, we, I, I think generally we're, we're just we just trying to be realistic with it, don't we? You know, and when things are bad, yeah, they're um they're not much fun. But I think you know you've got to, you've got to enjoy a weekend like this. I don't think it cures all the ills of Welsh rugby because we've had two wins and a draw in uh, in a week. You know, before the Six Nations when all the internationals are away. But I think you, you've got to say you've got to say fair play to the side who, who've got the win. So big. Um, yeah, big chance for for Cardiff and the Ospreys to kind of finish the season, finish the season well. Okay, let's head um, let's head over to the Scarlets then. Getting a apparently they played well, didn't they? Lost, lost twenty seven fifteen over in Belfast. But what was uh, what was your take on that game? I I think they're on the verge of a big performance. I think they're like a couple of weeks behind where Cardiff are. You know, Cardiff had that. Uh, like we said, you know those um, the the dirty dozen performances with the you know with the semi pro players just prior to Christmas. They came back. They got a, a pummeling. I can't remember if it was Glasgow or Edinburgh now, but they, you know they got a pummeling in the um, at the hands of one of the Scottish sides, and then um, you know and then put in a big performance against Harlequins and then got the win uh, against Leinster. And I feel like there's one of those around the corner for Scarlets. I thought I was really impressed with them first half. And again, those little things about attitude. Uh, Dane Blacker, who I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of. I know you've 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 touted him for ages. Yeah, I like you? him. Yeah. yeah, really, really sharp player, isn't he? Yeah, quick, good decision maker. Any thoughts on his tempo and, up in the tempo? Oh, he's got it. He's, yeah, he definitely takes takes it up on the tempo side, doesn't he? Um, fiery guy. Yeah, I like him. Classy. But yeah, he's. I think he's great, and he does those. You know, he, he's a. I think he's a good threat around the fringes, and his. You know, his service is, is decent, and you know, I, I, every time I watch him, I get more and more impressed. But actually, what it was, you know, he played a crucial part in holding Ulster up over the line, um, and I think there was two instances where they held up. Uh, they held up an Ulster forward over the line, and those things are really, really big. You know, the the scramble defence and. It would be very easy in a game like this when you've had the season that they've had to just roll over, and uh, and they certainly didn't. And were it not for a, an incident, I'm sure we're going to come on to, uh, things might have been a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyone, just before we get to that incident, that obviously we've got to 
want to talk about. Um, anyone, anyone else stand out for you? I, I, I saw that um, uh, Combia looked sharp, but didn't potentially get enough of the ball. Is that fair? No, I think that's that's a spot on assessment. Um, and I thought he was really good the week before against Bristol. Actually, I, I think look, he's. Um, He's probably reached what? What is he now? Maybe like twenty-three. You know, he was, he was really, really um, highly touted when he was in the under twenties. Perhaps hasn't played as much rugby for Scarlets as um, as we'd have liked, but he's making he's making some headway now. And I think that there's quite a few players in this side who I think Peel has honed in on and said, "You've got an opportunity to to be a really useful player for me." You know, Combe obviously was a youngster, but you know was largely a fringe player beforehand. Um, Dav Hughes, captain the side uh, at the weekend, the hooker. I mean, I, I've yep. I've barely seen him play, and uh, so a big hats off to him. Um, the open side, Sean Evans, again another player who didn't feature a great deal before, but I don't think he's a spring chicken. I think he's been knocking around uh, playing for Slatley RFC for for quite some time. So I think there's some of these players that Pivak has taken. Uh, sorry, Pivak that Peel has taken a look at. And said, "Look, you've got an opportunity here to, you know, to to be a to be a part of this squad." And 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 I think they've kind of impressed. Um, they've impressed uh, when they've been given the opportunity. So Samson Lee was another one, mate. Really good to see Samson Lee have a have a big game. He bundled over from four inches to score a try. But again, you know, he's he busy throughout the game. And um, yeah, it's worth noting. Scarlets had two opportunities where they had two on ones and. They didn't execute them, and um, you know, again, I think those things will come. They're a side who've only played eight online games this season, so for the first time this season, I've really kind of well, not the first time. I, I after last week, which I know sounds weird because they lost, they shipped fifty points, but I, th- I think they're moving in the right direction. I can kind of see what the blueprint is from Peel now. So again, they build on it. They're, maybe there's loads of reasons to be cheerful going into the end of the season. Well, yeah, there certainly is. Uh... Certainly is after this weekend, isn't it? Um, and now back to earth with a bump. Well, it was a bump, wasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. Talk us through it. Oh, mate. So this this is the, the, the Tom Rogers, Craig Gilroy incident in the first half. Um, again, I, I'm guessing you've seen the uh, you've seen the footage on. Uh, I have. On, you know, on social media yeah. or whatever. Um, a number of times. It looks horrendous because it is. It's a it's a shoulder to the head. Um, they said on commentary, I think it was Shanklin and, uh, oh yeah, you're like this, say so that the commentary team was Shanklin and the rather unbiased duo of Mark Robson and uh, and Stephen Ferris. Um, oh. Yeah, you know, those two <laughs> commentating on an Ulster game. Um, and everyone kind of seemed to have the opinion that yes, it looked horrendous, but by the letter of the law, it's a yellow because he's dipping and there's mitigating circumstances. Now, if that is the case, we've got to look at this law because it's just not right. Like these are the ones that twelve months ago were getting punished. They were getting punished because it's a it's a shoulder to the head. You've seen what it's done to his neck. It's snapped right back. This is the stuff you've got to get rid of, and that's what it's there for. So I don't think there's any malice from Gilroy. I do think it's reckless. He smashed him in the head. That's it. He's you know he's got to go now. I just think that that's the thing. That whether it's a directive, whether it's a, a redefinition of the law. Whatever happened on Saturday needs to be shown to World Rugby or to the you know to the to the refereeing panels and saying, look, this is the stuff that we've got to get rid of because 
if he doesn't do that, then you, you've got a, a really big opportunity to reduce the, the risk of, um, of head injuries. It was, uh, it was a shocker. So, I mean, I, I just think those have to be red cards. They have to be. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a, had to be a red, didn't it? It was awful to watch just once, you know, let alone a number of times. It looked like his, you know, his neck was, yeah, was was almost going to snap. Oh, I mean, horrendous. it's um, it's terrible. And and it was. I know Rogers was dipping, was knee, his his knee, you know, his body was definitely coming down. But it was it was absolutely reckless from from Gilroy, and you can't be reckless. And that's that's what I mean. Just, there's this this it's this grey area that they've got to get rid of. If he's reckless into the head, then it's got it's to gone. be red for me. And and that's it. Yeah. You know, if that's not the exact interpretation, you've just got to get rid of that. And I felt like we were getting to that position where players were adjusting what they what the way they were the way they were tackling in order to avoid the head collision stuff. And and it feels like it's gone back now and, and the kind of the benefit of doubt is with the defender, which Again, I don't think it, I don't think it was any malice in it, but these are the ones you've just got to get rid of. Yeah, but then you know when you look, you think it's sort of malice, and you know if something is reckless, and you, you know if you're not if you're not going to look, or mm. you, you you're gonna you're gonna cause serious injury. So I, I don't I don't think there's any there's any real difference really, to be honest. If you're going to close your eyes and stand, you know, and 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 you know, potentially seriously injure someone, mm. then it's almost the same. Yeah. Really. A lot of people probably argue against that, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's the, the, the outcome is, um, the outcome can be, the, can be the same, can't it? If not worse sometimes. So straight red. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Terrible decision. Well, yeah, I agree. And he's got, um, the Yako Piper who's got, got Wales, uh, Ireland next week. So, um, yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll see whether there's any uh, any impact on that. But let's just quickly finish the first part of the show by talking about the Dragons. And I do mean quickly because we've done a good job of trying to be optimistic in this first half, Dan. Uh, they did uh, they did um, get a share of the spoils. It was a draw after all, but the first half performance was pretty awful. Um, yeah, there's a lot of unhappy Dragons fans out there at the moment. Yeah, it's... Pretty tough for the Dragons at the moment, isn't it? Uh, you know, you, I know you're, you know, obviously a big fan. And um, <clears throat> we were saying off air when we that the Dragons were playing, you know, we're playing some some really good rugby. I think I think early on, you know, early on into the season, and um, you know, they've entered a pretty a pretty tough time at the moment. To put a positive spin on it, though, Ross Moriarty back, he went well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was really good. He was really good. I think. Um... Yeah, did I mean did exactly what you expect from him? He was abrasive, carried well, scored a try. There was a they they chucked him up for a for a line out intercept on um on our own five meter line as well, which was a really big, you know, it was a really big plus. Uh, so yeah, it's all you know, it's all very very encouraging. Um, I think Pivot will be very tempted to pick him, whether or not I would or not. I'm not entirely convinced yet just based on having enough match practice. But you're right, that was that was definitely the positive for the game. Yeah, I think they'll be extremely tempted to play him, won't they, against, uh, against a physical island pack. But I'm with you, I don't know whether that's right or not. But yeah, um, are we going to touch on it on the Elliot D sending off? Or it, it, it is what it is. Well, it? I think it was pretty clear. Straightforward, yeah. you know, straightforward red. Um, 
and this is what I mean. I just think it's it's one of those that um, if you, if you go in, you make contact to the head, you know you you know you you're dealing with trouble, and that's what I think um, I would have liked to have seen in the in the Ulster game. But yeah, it was a clear red. It very nearly cost the Dragons the game. Could you have said the Dragons deserve to lose that game? Yes, but they didn't. They did get. They did manage to just about grind out a draw. It was very weird, actually, the way the game ended. You know, Sam Davis with a crossfield kick um, from from her own five meter line to try and run it and win it. It would have been a very different spin if they'd have managed to to score from uh, you know to score from there. It would have put a big spin on it. If I'm honest, I didn't really mind that because if we'd have lost off the back of trying to run off our own line once, I kind of just think you know. What use is a draw to uh, to the Dragons really when they've only won one game all season? So it kind of didn't didn't bother me that much. But then <laughs> once once we'd conceded the penalty, they then tried to run it again, and we're lucky to get out of jail there. So um, yeah, I mean, look, they they just got to start winning games soon. It's as simple as that. Um, otherwise, yeah, some really tough conversations ahead. I, I've seen a lot of people kind of calling for Dean Ryan's head. If I'm honest, I don't think that's going to help us in the short term. I don't see what the other options are. Um, I'd probably prefer to see him get more, um, you know, have someone come in and help with more of the hands-on coaching and him do more of a director of rugby role in its truest sense. But yeah, it's um, yeah pretty grim, mate. But let's um, let's leave it there for the, for the club rugby. Take a quick break and we'll come back and... Uh, just enough time, Dan, for you to nip off and get yourself uh, get yourself a cup of so coffee. Our proud sponsors, um, and uh, we'll be back in the second half to talk Six Nations. Right, time then to talk Six Nations, Dan. Let's let you off your leash. Your, uh, your, your Gavin Henson, uh, your Gavin Henson silver silver boots are uh, are all laced up and ready to go. Um, right, how I thought we'd do this is the same as we did uh, on last year's preview episode, and that is that we'll um, we'll get each of us to pick the winners of the tournament, who's going to get the wooden spoon, the player of the tournament, top try scorer, breakthrough player, and in a new edition this year. The non-Welsh player you're most excited to see, with the exception of Anton Dupont, who uh, you're simply not allowed to pick. Because we all would have picked him. Because we all would have picked him. <laughs> for that, for that yes. very reason, Dan. That, that is indeed the joke. Um, right, let, Lovely. let's start with winners. Do you know what? I actually think this is, this is the toughest question of the lot. I, I agree with you, yeah. Um, it's really tricky, isn't it? I wonder if me and you, I know who you usually go for <laughs> in this. <laughs> um, so I might take that team off you this year. Go on. But, um, do it, do it. I, yeah, I, I, I think England this year. Well, as you know, I think I predicted them with a grand slam last year and they finished fifth. So uh, the temptation was to do yeah. it again. What makes, you, yes, what, please do. what makes you think they're going to be the real deal this year? I think the way the fixtures lie are quite, are quite, quite kind for them quite favourable um, and I just think that they've got a lot of players that they're picking now that are in form it's quite difficult to know exactly what they're going to bring in, in the backs as well I think partly that that might uh, you know that, that might affect them as well in a way you know with um, with the 10 situation 
Um, and obviously Farrell, you know, Farrell being out early on, will that, will that rock them? Will it make them better? Uh, you know, Eddie Jones never really, Eddie Jones loves him, doesn't he? He loves playing him. He plays all the games for him. And I just have a sneaky feeling though, that without him there, they could be absolutely incredible, couldn't they? At some point, it's got to click. You know, we've said it for years. I mean, I, you know, they've they've underperformed in the tournament for for so many years now. You know, and and at some point they've got to click. And I think that you know the, they've got just quality all over the park now. And uh, with Marcus Smith at ten, anything can happen. Okay, to that point. Eddie Jones made a big point about saying, you know, Farrell's the captain and he, Marcus Smith is, you know, he's, he plays so much better when he's got a player like Farrell outside him and this is definitely going to be the axis. He's then subsequently lost Farrell. Does it kind of say that he hasn't quite got the, the not if not the trust, he's a bit worried about Smith's lack of experience? And I, I tell you, the other thing that's coupled with that is that's the bit for me that I think is England's weakness is that 10, 12, 13... Without Farrell, without um, I know he gets a lot of stick, Farrell, but you know he's got bags of experience and he he does um, he does bring with him that that kind of steady head. So without him and without Manu Tuilangi, it becomes a very uncertain midfield. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the mid the mid the mid the midfield they've got to they've got to get right, haven't they? They don't. You speak to six. You speak to. A number of English people, they don't know what the centre partnership is. They all come out with something quite different. Um, you know, if Manu's fit, he plays, and that's that's every single time, isn't it? If he fit, if he's fit, he plays, um, and 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 Farrell as well. Um, a lot of English fans wouldn't wouldn't start him, would they? But Eddie Jones does, you know, and 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 absolutely rates him. And all the players that play with him say he's so so integral to the setup. The you know just the, the what he brings to training, all those other things, which does. You know, make you think: Is there is there something deeper in that? Like, where are the other where are the other players to take to take a bit of that away? Um, you know, Ford, Ford, Ford's one of the, one of those players, isn't he? But then he, you know, then it was going to be Marcus at Marcus at well, ten. Ford, and, Ford and, and wasn't Farrell in the squad well. until Farrell so until Farrell. He, exactly. would, it would be a you know be a remarkable yeah. promotion to then find himself in the match day twenty three. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, it's it, they. A lot does ride on their, on their, on their centre partnership, doesn't it? Their pack, their pack will go well, won't it? You know, that's that's pretty much a given. I do think they've got. It'd be interesting to see how the back row gels. Yeah, I mean, either Atoje or Laws is going to play in the back row, aren't they? Because if you look at the other back rows they've named, Alfie Barberi, who I'm a massive fan of, by the way, I think he's an excellent player. Um, converted hooker but a real explosive ball carrier he's he's in there Tom Curry is obviously in there then you've got Don Brandt Lewis Ludlam and Sam Simmons now there's not there's not a lot of caps between them. obviously Curry's very experienced there's not a lot of caps between them I can definitely see Laws or Itoji playing in the uh, playing in the back row um, and I'm I, I don't know for some reason I just think that might be that might be a weakness so for that and the centre partnerships, I'm not going. I'm not going to go for England this year. But you seem, you seem pretty, you seem pretty sold on this, don't you? Well, I'm, you know, it's, it's yes, yes, one minute, and then 
and then uh, I talked myself out of it. You know, in the next conversation, I, I think that they're if it if it if it gels for them and with the with the way in which the fixtures work for them, they can get a win up in up, if they can get a win in Murrayfield. I think it, it you know it's on for the it's on for them, and and of course how they all how they all gel together. But um, it, there's a there's there's a good number of ifs in there, aren't there? Um, who who have you who have you got down as your top? top team to win it I was really torn between France and Ireland if I'm honest and I think it just comes down to me to the um, to the fact that France have got Ireland at home and I think that'll be just enough for them to uh, I think I'm right in saying that um, yeah it is yeah in the second round two France Ireland in Paris and I mean, look, France, we saw what they're, they're capable of. I just think they've now got that discipline alongside the, the flair and they've got the, you know, the best crop of players that they've had in the professional era. So for me, I think they are going to pull it together. They are due a big performance. You know, when did they last win the, win the Six Nations? It's been 2010, 2009, 2000, uh, yeah, 2010 it was, I think. Yeah. Um, they're due one. I think Edwards is having a massive impact there. I think all the players are kind of bought into um, bought into the system. I think that they've just got a, an absurd amount of talent. And to go back to that centre point that you were making around, uh, sorry, that we were talking about for England, I think France have got just an, an incredible uh, 10, 12, 13 if they go with Untermach, Vakatawa and Fiku. And I think that's just, you know, there's, there is so much ability in there. You know, we know Vakatao is a wrecking ball. He's got brilliant hands and he spots a gap brilliantly. Fiku's this, you know, I think, I think he's, he's class. He is class. And I think, you know, like, obviously we know he's a, he's a great finisher and he runs lovely lines and stuff like that. But I think defensively he's been so important to them. And, and Edward, you know, we know what Edwards is like for having a 13 who he can absolutely rely on. And, you know, Jonathan Davis was that for him for so many, so many years, his, his kind of defence leader. I think Fiku is, is, that for, um, is that for France. And for me, that's where I think they, that they'll have the edge over, um, over, Ireland and, uh, over Ireland and England. And the, that, yeah, a lot, yeah. that's the other thing is they've got England in Paris this year because they have a terrible record at Twickenham. And um, I think that I think that's what makes a difference. So I know it's not the most original to say that that France are going to do it, but I think they are, and I think it's going to be a slam with the very last game of the tournament against England at eight pm on the on the Saturday night. Oh, wow! I mean, not that not not that I wanted to go to that as you don't, but um, it would be quite an, quite some ending, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, whatever happens is a good game to bring the uh, to bring the tournament down with. It, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to they're going to be quite strong, very strong on there. They've got a settled side now, haven't they? Yeah, I more, think that's more, it. More, you know, more more settled than we've you know than we've than we've known for years and years, and that's gonna that's gonna count when you look around at the other sides. They're not they're not as settled, are they? No, so. they're not. Quick word for um, quick word for Scotland in this, and obviously they've uh, you know we still seem to think they're they're moving in the right direction. Um, any realistic opportunity to win this one I I not for me not for me I mean they definitely got a lot a stronger squad than they and I think they'll be 
they'll be difficult, very difficult to beat at uh, at home. You know, they'll really target those home games, won't they? But you know, they've still got a. I think it'll be. I think I still think it'll be difficult for them going away, going away from home. But you never know, do you? They have got. When you look at the squad now, it it's packed packed with quality, isn't it? It's 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 significantly stronger than we've seen it before. So could it be Scotland's year? Possibly. I mean, I think if this was another year, you know, if this had been like ten years ago or. 12 years ago or something you know take that that season where we were just talking about where France won it in 2010 and Scotland had this kind of side I think they'd be they'd be banging the mix you know Wales had an off year that season England were um yeah England England were kind of up and down France managed to to piece it together Ireland Ireland didn't have a particularly good season you know it's, it's 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 just the fact that so many of these sides have got so much stronger over the last over the last eighteen months, and that that I think that that's you know it's testament to Scotland that they that they've kind of kept up with that progression. Um, it could all change if they could beat England in that first game. They've beaten them at Murrayfield. Uh, what was it four uh, four years ago? Wasn't it? They beat them there, and then they ended up drawing in that mad game at Twickenham a year later. They beat England at Twickenham last year, but it was in front of an empty house, which I just don't think is the same thing. Um, but if they could get a result there um, and catch England cold, then there's some there could be some momentum in it. Because then we you, haven't mentioned Wales. We haven't, mate. Um, what do you think? <laughs> surely, surely there's too many injuries to 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 mount a title challenge this time around. Yeah, I I think so. I think we've got to be, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be realistic, haven't we? And there's just, you know, it, the the worry is when we pick up a couple of injuries, which is is almost inevitable, isn't it? Really, in this day and age, and um, uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough, you know, a tough Six Nations for us. That being said, we we do we do tend to rise for. You know, for the tournaments, don't we? You know, I was speaking to speaking to a friend earlier. There's this English, and you know, he said you can never, you know, you you never rule out Wales because they they tend to come together, gel, and and pull out, you know, pull out, you know, if it's not performances, it's wins, which is which is true, isn't it? We're we're, we're there or thereabouts quite often, but I think this year it'll be be tough for us. Yeah, I and I think look the where we've. You've just got you've got to start well in this tournament, really, to to mount a challenge. And it's such a tough outing first up oh. away at Ireland yeah. with no Ken Owens, no Alan Wynn, uh, potentially Moriarty, but you know no Tipperick. There's so much experience missing there that um, that yeah, I think you've got to be you know you've you've got to be worried about it because Ireland away we've not won there since 2012. They've got such a big pack. And you know, even you know, you look at our back row, which is which is good, and, and there are some fantastic options in there and players that I really like. But like we said last week, it is a bit lightweight, and then you you, you couple that with all the players are missing. I just think it's suffer such a tough opening fixture that that it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. Um, it's gonna be difficult thereafter. Yeah, that's it. A lot of it, it a lot of it comes down to. How how you perform, doesn't it, in the first game? And just going to Ireland is such a difficult place for us, isn't it? 
Um, and the nuts and bolts of the game are always so important over there, aren't they? Against other sides, you know, even you know, you throw you throw England in there. You know, if you 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 can you can get a win against them if you if you. It's, it's, of course, it's difficult, but if you line out falters and your scrum falters, you've got there are ways around. But in Ireland, you, there isn't, um, and that's the, that's the concern, isn't it? So yeah, good point. You know, with Ireland first up, it's going to be very tough for Wales. Yeah, it, it is, and and that's why I, I can't see. I just think that, and also I just feel like we used up all our luck last year. You know, I feel like um, it's not to take anything away, but I think you have to look at that that championship with a degree of you know ultimately going is this we are the holders but I think you have to look at it with a degree of um, if not cynicism just a you know a bit of reality that it, again it was played in front of empty houses and we had players sent off in, in all the key fixtures or got very very uh, fortunate refereeing decisions um, with the exception of France and they were the ones that, that put pay to it so um, yeah, for me, I, I I just feel like it's this this is going to be back mm. back to earth with a bump and a really tough campaign without some of your you know some of your most experienced figures in there. Yeah, it is. On the flip side, though, to put a positive spin on it, which I've got to do, <laughs> it's in my DNA, isn't it? If we get the win over there, you imagine what that's going to do for this squad that's coming together. There's a lot of youth in. There's a lot of youth in there. Bigger as captain, um, it, it, it's it, it'll. I wouldn't rule us out then, you know. Look, you think as well how we how we got the wins last how we got the wins last time out as well by you could say okay great you know great discipline forcing you know forcing penalties forcing other sides to give you know, to give away yellows to give away reds. They don't come about by by by, by sort of chance or luck over and over again albeit it was pretty peculiar uh, <laughs> maybe I'm clutching the straws there um, if we can get that win over there the boys would be so so confident when they got moving forward because they know no different look if even if Ireland have a man sent off after 17 minutes and we get the win over there I will hold my hands up and say fair play that is a massive result I won't caveat it with um <laughs> There's a cue, something mad happening. But look, if if something mad happens to me and we get the win, then then uh, so be it. Um, but yeah, look, I think it's a big. Uh, it's just too big an ask, I think, for Wales. Right, let's let's have a look at wooden spoon. Um, hopefully, obviously, we haven't mentioned Italy yet. Is this the point where um, where we both agree that Italy are going to get the wooden spoon? Yes. Italy for the wooden spoon. I'd like them not to get it. Yeah. Um, well, I would and I wouldn't because I'd have a horrible, I'd have a <laughs> yes. horrible feeling it might be us then. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, my, I suppose Kieran Crowley being involved now, I think is is going to take them in the right direction. I feel like that's a that's a you know a good appointment. Um, I just think that um, you know, like we said, all the other sides have got so have got so much better that it's going to be even tougher for Italy this. Um, this year than um, than it has been in previous seasons. So, yeah, if I'm honest, I feel like it's um, it's just going to be it's just going to be a, a step too far. And um, you know, look, I think again, there's some some injuries. I think Pelledri's injured again, which you know, a player like that just gives you that that bit of class, that bit of um, 
you know, I, I think he's, I think he's a, a player who's got the ability to be a top class international, and and I think just missing him is um, he's really really big. But yeah, I I don't know, I I can't see past them unless you know, and I know I said this last year and we won the championship. Unless we're in such a bad position going into that final game that um, that Italy turn up because they they don't have fear of Wales. You know, they they don't. It's not like. Um, it's not like if they were going into England in the last game because they just don't they don't beat England, um, but they they you know they know that if everything went right and everything went wrong for us they could beat us because they have done it in the past admittedly not for years but there isn't that psychological thing of ah oh, this is you know this is Wales it's too big a thing for us to do so um, that would be the only scenario I could see them not getting the uh, not getting the spoon. Yeah, there is that. I mean, but I think. Almost, you know, it feels now that they're they're a good way behind the other sides. Yeah, I think they are you know, more than more than more than maybe other years. Um, of course, you know, it's a tortoise, it's tortoise tournament rugby, isn't it? So, you know, everyone's going to raise their raise their game, but I, I think they're. I, I would say, you know, or everyone pretty much, without exception, would have them down as 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 wooden spoon. Uh, Holders, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I don't think it helps that Zebra are, a, you know, are such a poor outfit now as well. Because at least at points when they were competitive and Benetton were, you know, were, were good, you, you had that basis at club level. But the squad is pretty much all Benetton players, you know, with a couple of foreign imports and the odd Zebra player thrown into the mix. So I think yeah. um, I, I don't think that helps massively, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be another difficult campaign for Italy, I think. Right, let's move on, Dan. Player of the tournament, who's it going to be? I can't wait to hear your pick on this one. <laughs> Who am I going for? Player of the tournament. Who do I want it to be? Who do I think it will be? Who do you think it will be, Dan? I have a feeling it will be Don Brandt. Do you? Big shout, that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, been talked about for a long, long time, hasn't he? And getting getting in into the England setup, and he's in there now. I just think he's just going to take it. Will Eddie definitely pick him at eight? There's Sam Simmons in no. there as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. With, no, with all this, he'll probably pick Curry at eight. Yeah, probably, and yeah, absolutely could 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 well do. But I think if he gets on the pitch. There's, he's got so much quality, as he? he scores tries for fun. He's in the form of his life. I really do think that um, it could be could be the, the, the tournament for him. That's a, yeah, that's a bold call, that one. I like it. Um, I suppose if you've picked England to win it, then you kind of have to pick someone from within that squad to be the, the player of the tournament. Don Brandt, yeah. Interesting shout. Can you see that then? Yeah, I actually had him down as my breakthrough player. Um, okay. I thought I could see him like you know something mad like him not starting against Scotland and then playing the next four games and putting in some really big performances, um, something like that happening. Um, but I uh, yeah I had him as my breakthrough player. I'm a big fan. Um, I think he's a yeah he's you know he carries really well. He's got good link up play. Like you say, he knows where the try line is. He's um, he's such a handful at number eight. He's an he's a proper proper number eight. I would say and. You know, um, yeah, it's got it all at number eight as well, hasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, he does. And I think that's, you know, that's something that has held England back at, at points, you know, when they've either not had Vanapola because he's been injured or out, they've picked him when he was out of form. I think that that had been, um, that had been difficult. And, uh, you know, Don Brandt is such a difficult man to keep quiet. Um, that I think it's, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think he's set for a big tournament. Agreed. So who have you gone for them? Well, am I allowed to say Anton Dupont or not? I don't think you're allowed, no. It's just simply one of those things, isn't it? We're not allowed to say that Dupont is either going to be player of the tournament or... Um, We've uh, we just no. got to take it as, a, as given, haven't we? That he's, uh, he's, that, he's that good, that, um, that it's, a, it's a cliche to even pick him. Uh, with, that, yeah. with that in mind then, I am going to go for someone who we mentioned... Uh, we mentioned earlier, and where am I? Right, I'm trying. Look again. I think it's got to be a French player, uh, given that um, given that I, I I think they're going to win it, and I think they're going to slam it. Um, I'm going to go with Gael Fiku for that reason. That reason, I had a feeling. Yeah, I was I was a little bit torn then. I was like, right, do I pick one? Do I pick one of the forwards? Because um, again, I think they're going to be they're going to cause. Uh, uh, you know they're such a big, um, such a big and dynamic unit that they're going to cause a lot of trouble. But yeah, I'm going to go Gael Fiku. All those reasons that we said earlier, I think this this is it. France to get it together and and do a Grand Slam against sides as good as this, they're going to need to be organised. It's not like they can just do the champagne rugby stuff. And I think that Fiku adds a adds a great deal to that alongside the you know the the great finishing and the and the good footballing skills. So uh, yeah. Gail Fiku for me. I, I think you'd probably get good odds on that, but um, but yeah, he's, yes. he's in for a massive tournament, I think. Yeah, good selection. Liked him a lot. Really good, really good, uh, good player. Good stuff. Right, brings us on to breakthrough play. Uh, oh no, sorry, top try scorer next. Top try scorer. So I'm going to bring that back to Wales. Okay, I am going to go with Louis Louis Rees-Samit. And did you see his try this weekend? Yes, I did. I mean, all you can do is smile. It is a thing of beauty, isn't it? Yeah. It's... It doesn't look like he's really got going either, oh, in it. I feel that every time I watch him, oh. it doesn't look like he's got going yet. He's so fast, isn't he? Absolutely rapid. It... Yeah, great try. So I think I think he'll 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 start. We gotta get the ball we gotta get the ball in his hands. You know, because he'll start, I can't see the shirt coming away from him. And Let's just get the ball in his hands and uh, cause and, and cause some damage. And he's a handful too, because he is so quick. When he does, when he does step or or move or even run direct, he's you know he's he's a, he's a really useful unit, isn't he? In the in the in the tight channels as well. So let's get him on. Let's get him on the ball. Yeah, well, it's a decent shout. I mean, Louis look, um, I th- Yeah, my concern is how many tries are we going to score in this tournament? Is my major is my major concern. Um, Apologies for being for being a bit pessimistic on it, but I think it's a it's a tough fixture run, um, and yeah, for me, I I don't know. Again, I, I think I've I was I was thinking about doing Van der Merwe, um, just because okay. I think so much of what Scotland do ends up with him getting the ball in his hands, um, and again, you know, I could see him running riot against it. You know, he gets four tries against Italy. He could very easily get you know get one or two against England. They're such a free-flowing side, Scotland. That yeah, no, there we go. I've, I've said it. Duan van der Merwe for me. Yeah. Um, 
good pick. It changes it slightly from from just picking all French players, doesn't it? So um, uh, so yeah, for me, I'm going to go for Duan van der Merwe. Okay. Okay, which leaves breakthrough player done. Um, so I've already said I've gone for Don Brandt, so I think we've covered that. Who's the who's the breakthrough player you're going for? So, a bit of a theme on my side. He's uh, he plays for he plays for England. He plays for Harlequins. Yeah, so a nice link up with with Don Brandt. He actually played came from the same uh, you know Uick yeah. as well with with Don Brandt. It's uh, Luke Northmore. Yeah, interesting. Um, who's yeah get got a call up now as he can play uh, can play can play centre or wing. I think he's a really, really good player, and I, I, you know, I'd like to see him as a as a rugby fan then be given a go. And I think, like we touched upon earlier, in that centre, the centre position for England is open. I don't think they really know what they're going to do. It's up for grabs, isn't it? I mean, look, the the only specialist, the only specialist centres in the in the squad are him, Marchant, who again, you know, can play on the wing as well. Um, then you've got yep. Slade, who obviously has played rugby elsewhere, but um, but the bulk of it has been has been in the centre. And then Atkinson, who is, you know, you know, obviously playing playing very well, and uh, you know, in, in the last couple of seasons has been um, has been very very good. But he's been around the block a bit, you know. He's got a handful of caps at the age of thirty one. So um, so look, I think you know, I think there's there's every chance that. Um, that the Harquins boys are going to go uh, are going to go well in this tournament, um, and um, yeah, I think that's a pretty shrewd pick to be honest, Dan. Yeah, yeah, some, some, something a little bit different, and just um, yeah, maybe keeps me a little bit more interested in in the English side, Jed, than I would than I would be otherwise if if that's possibly allowed. Oh man, there's always interest when England are playing because um, you know our second our second team is playing against them. <laughs> whoever that might be exactly um, um, <laughs> alright well that was uh, that was a good shout there Dan um, and then finally the uh, the player you're most excited about watching um, who's not Welsh and isn't Anton Dupont yeah I, I don't know whether I can I don't know whether I'm really allowed to say this guy really another, um, another Englishman <laughs> but I am. I, I'm going to have to say, yes. Yeah, it's, 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 um, and it's, and it's a theme. It's, it's Marcus Smith. Okay, jeez, mate, you're making us sound yeah. like the Five Live podcast here with, uh, with this uh, pro Harlequins, pro English chat. Yeah, I know. It's you know, it's a rarity for me, but he is. He's just, he's annoyingly good, isn't he? He is. He is quite annoying, I think, as well, um, or certainly comes across that way to me but like you you can't not be excited by seeing him play can you what what's going to happen it's a box of tricks he's he's up to all sorts um you you, you have he's bought he's box offices and you have to watch the you have to watch the tv closely when he's got the ball just to see what he's going to do yeah yeah absolutely agree um and I think it's it's great for rugby as well that there's a another you know another like real genuine rugby footballer at, at, at ten for England. 
Well, I mean, that's a very diplomatic way of putting it, Dan. The, the thought of England having a genuine, uh, a genuine football in 10 terrifies me, actually. But it's not, um, it's not often that we've, that we've really seen that. You know, I suppose Ford has been the incumbent. And look, of course, he is a footballer. No, um, oh, he is, yeah. And he's in phenomenal form, isn't he? He is in phenomenal form. But, you know, I've always said that I don't ever think that he's reached the level, perhaps, that his ability... And that's really harsh to say, isn't it, for a guy with 80-odd caps. But, um, you know, he's been overlooked for whatever it is, two or three Lions tours. Um, and I think that, you know, they're the, in the latter part of his international career, they've ended up picking Farrell at 10 and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's um, It's been a long time, really, since since England had a proper... A proper running ten that you know that that could be that could be the real deal and um, yeah it, it, like, he's going to be he's going to be an exciting one to watch but um, yeah it's um, yeah definitely a theme running through your predictions Dan yeah uh, yeah there is I mean you know also though he, he can be targeted as well can't he and he will be there's no two ways about that so yeah you know for you know well every side to be honest will will, will target him and and they'll be coming right down his channel put the big boys down there rough him up. And um, and again, because of because England don't really know what they're going to do in the centre, in in the centres as well, it it could potentially be hard for him in that with the Harlequins guys, they all you know the eight, you know eight nine ten, well all across the park, they all know what they're doing. They're all completely in sync, and this will be different, very different. I, I tell you what will also be different as well is he hasn't got um, the big South African East Easterhausen Easterhausen. Um, Playing outside him, who is you know, yeah, just a, such a reassuring presence. Reassuring I mean. presence, you know, he, he's pretty much got the lot. He's just one of those really um, robust centres who, again, if you were a ten, you'd love to have playing outside you. Um, so I think with England having an unsettled, an unsettled centre partnership, that that might be that might be a bit trickier for them. So, um, you know, while I'm a massive admirer of his abilities, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think all the opposition sides will be will be targeting him. Not that he's a bad player, but because he's he's inexperienced and there's an awful lot riding on them, riding on him. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, and for that reason, Dan, I am going. Yep. I'm going for Finn Russell. Um, oh, you love Finn Russell. I love Finn Russell. Yeah, um, I, I, I just you know. Well, I love. We all love. He him, just but... he just plays rugby the way that. Um, the way that it should be the played. Way should be played. Well, yeah, it is, <laughs> mate. You know, I just yeah, he's absurdly fun to watch. You know, whether it's good or it's bad, um, I never have a bad time when Finn Russell is on the pitch, uh, unless of course he's he's tearing Wales to shreds. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping he's got some uh, some big performances up his sleeve, uh, and it'd be nice, uh, yeah, nice if he's got a got a big one up his sleeve in that for, in that Calcutta Cup game um, uh, in the opening weekend. Yeah, God, we picked some. We picked some different. I, yeah, some different type of some different players, some very exciting players. I nearly went for one of these two uh, for either breakthrough or for player I'm most looking forward to, and um, for Ben Velikot, who I think will probably be on. Oh, yeah. will probably be on the bench for um for Scotland. I would have thought. Obviously, Ali slash Tommy Price offers the um you know has a lot of experience. I think he's you know he'll grow from having those Lions caps as well. But Velikot has impressed me so much, um, for Edinburgh. Um, and I just think again, yeah, bringing him, bringing him off the bench. You know, if you if you've managed to marshal, you know, Russell and the the pace that they play with in their backs, if you've kept them quiet for for fifty five, sixty minutes, and then Velikot comes on to uh, 
to quote you, Dan, up the tempo. I think, you could have yeah. a, I think you could have a really big role to play for Scotland. So um, so I was toying with him in both those breakthrough and uh, player I'm most excited to watch. But um, yeah, have gone for Finn Russell in the end. Right, Dan, we've got a couple of minutes left before the end of the show. Uh, we should probably select our team for next week. Um, despite there being lots of injury problems, do you think it's a relatively straightforward side to pick? I think it gets a little bit interesting in the back row. Okay. Let's yeah, front row, second row, yeah. Okay. Backs, yes. Okay. Right. Um front row then. Wynn Jones, Tom Francis props, and then Elias Hookers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think like we said um last week, I would be tempted to have a look at Bradley Roberts slash Brendan Rogers. Um <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it will be Elias and again you probably Given the um, given the injury situation, that's probably hard to hard to disagree with. But oh, it's going to be it's going to be a big test of the of the line out as a unit um, over there. You know you know what it's like in uh, no matter what stage Ireland are at, they've always had a strong line out. So um, that's going to be that's going to be a very very difficult one. And um, coupled with that, then so second rows, Adam Beard and uh, and Will Romans. Yeah, although Seb Davis is. Uh... Has been mentioned in a good few quarters, isn't he? What would you go with? But I'd go with the I'd go with Will Rowlands, the bigger man. Yeah, I think you're going to yeah. need um, yeah, you're going to need some some ball carriers. Yeah, it's exactly that, the bigger man. I'd go with it there. Yeah. Right, back row. You say gets interesting. Yeah, I think it does. It's it gets <clears throat> it does get interesting now with Moriarty playing well on the weekend. Does he come straight back in? Hard man. You know, we we need we need somebody, you know, do we need that hard guy over in Ireland? If it's a diff if it's if it's another side, maybe maybe we're not maybe we're not we're not talking like this. But does Moriarty come in? Where where does Ellis Jenkins play? Does he play six? Does he play seven? Does he play eight? Uh Tame Basham. Wainwright. Jack Morgan, there's there's quite a few there's quite a few there's quite a few options, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, I completely get your point about Moriarty because you need um, yeah you need uh, oh, it's going to be such a physical encounter that obviously he, he brings that um, you know he brings that in abundance and it's very very tempting to go with him and it is yeah he's he's and like he he say he says he's fine as well, doesn't he? Yeah. He's actually you know saying his body's fine. What else can he really say? I suppose, but maybe he wouldn't be talking as boldly as he is because he's come out so confidently and talked like that. For me, for me, he's again against Ireland, and you know they're going to bring that nickel and everything else. I, 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 I and he needs to be in the back row for me. You're talking me round here, actually. I was because I was thinking. Look, I was really impressed with him on Friday night, but at the same time, part of me was just going, "This is this is against Benetton for the Dragons." You know, sixty minutes here does not prepare. Maybe played a little longer actually, but this does not prepare you for for Ireland away in the Six Nations. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, the only counter argument I would say is, look, if you try and fight. Uh, yes, I agree with it, that we need big, you know, big men. Um, 
in in that pack. Um, but what you don't want to do is try and play a, a similar kind of game plan to Ireland. Um, and maybe I don't know is is there an argument for having twin fetchers in the back row to uh, you know to to kind of try and nullify it and just and just slow things down and win penalties at, at the breakdown and um, and then get get field possession you know territory and uh, and field position that way. Yeah, there is an argument for that. I just think, you know, with 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 the you know that the the Ireland drone swelling, you know, sort of coming round in the stadium there, cold. Just you turn round and you see Moriarty there with that face, mm-hmm. and you 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 know you're just looking at him and you're pleading for him to level someone. It must just give you such a you know such a lift. Um. And then maybe we bring on, you know, bring on another fetcher and maybe cause a little bit of mayhem when it's, you know, after after 50, Moriarty's emptied the tank. Big, you know, big, big 50 minutes from him, given everything. Okay. Uh, well, look, I, I think I, the, the one who, for me who definitely starts is, is Wainwright. Okay. I think if you're going to start Ross, you'd start him. It's, look, Wainwright is only an eight now in my eyes. And credit to Pivak, I think that's his, you know, that was obviously his brainchild. But I, the more I see it, the more I like it and think, you know, he's an athletic eight. Um, so let's go with that. I think... Because you, you could have... Wainwright could miss out if you have... If you picked Ellis at eight. Well, you wouldn't pick Ellis at eight, though, would you? You'd pick, you'd pick Ross at eight and Ellis at six and Basham or Morgan at seven. Yeah, much more conventional, yeah. Um, all right, I would go... You've convinced me on the Moriarty one. I would go Moriarty, Wainwright, Basham, which sounds mad going in all Dragons back row, <laughs> given the season that they've had. Um, but I just think that would be the, that would be the best line-up. What about, what about you? What, what would you go with? I, I, I do like that. You know, I do like that uh, that back row. It's gone well before. They know each other. Um, and a big part of a big part of the back row, isn't it, is getting the balance right. Mm. And I quite like that. There is, I think there's an argument for, you know, an argument for Moriarty. You know, could Moriarty go eight with... Uh, Ellis Jenkins at um, at six, Basham at you know Basham at seven. Go on, Dan. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you have this call. What 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 happens? What happens um, next? Not what Pivak does, but if this is our squad, you get to you get to choose the six, seven, eight. Who is it? I'd go with the the Dragons back row. Okay, the continuity and. Linking up then with with uh, Will Rowlands in the, in the in the second row. It just sounds a it's bit mad got... when you're talking about it, doesn't it? You know, we've we've said in the first half what a poor season the Dragons have had, and then we pick four of them in the pack. But they're all they're all really good players. So um, yeah, you know, I, I think you could you can make that argument. Uh, right, Thomas Williams scrum half. Thomas Williams scrum half. Yeah. Dan Vega fly half. Agreed. Centers. Oh, are we going to have the same? Okay, do you want mine first? Yep. Owen Watkin, 12. Interesting. Then? Owen Watkin, 12. JD. 
I'm yeah, I'm going with John Fox in at thirteen, um, and I'm going Halaholo at twelve. But I like Watkin, I like Watkin as you. Oh no, you're gone. You're right. I, I have it. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Halaholo off the bench. Halaholo off the bench. Yeah. Oh, I do like that. I like. Yeah. I just think you know, like I said before, what Watkin does defensively in the strips, and I think he's been in good form this season. I don't think Pivot will go with that, but Watkin and John Fox would be. I'd be quite happy to see that. Great. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the back three picks itself, doesn't it? Josh Adams, Lewis Rees Summit and uh, Liam Williams. For me it does, mm-hmm. yeah. But McNichol? Uh, is, well, is there a... No, who do you pick him over? None of them. I, I think he, like, he's, he had a good autumn and he's, he's been playing very well, but I don't think you pick him over either of those three, do you? Liam is your one true world-class player in the... Uh, you know, in the back line, well, in the sorry, in the back three, um, Adam... he is. But it's yeah, it's like we mentioned the other week, though, wasn't it? If if you know when you, when we look at offloads and you know offloads that McNichol gives, passes that McNichol gives, Liam doesn't. You know, Liam um, Liam's unbelievable, isn't he? But very different player. It, yeah, I, look, goes, I, goes in line with sex, that game sex, plan, Sexton at some point is going to be raining down the bombs and uh, I, yeah. want, I want Liam underneath it. It's straight, yeah. straightforward for me, that one. Would there be would there be a case to maybe put McNichol on one of the wings? No. No. <laughs> Over who? Well, I wouldn't do it, but... No, <laughs> no I just think... Look, Zamet, Zam- maybe. Zamet is, your, Zamet is your X-Factor player who's got just the bags of pace and if something, you know, a, a missed pass... Uh, goes awry, and, and he ends up running yeah. in from sixty yards. That could, that could be the game-changing moment that um, you know that, that keeps you in the, that, or gets you back in the fixture, or, or wins it for you. So you know he has to play in there. Josh Adams is is a is an absolute class performer. Um, so no, that back three for me is simple, uh, which just leaves the bench down. Um, so coming off the bench, then Luce Prop, um, you've got a choice of Gareth Thomas or Reese Carey. Reese Carey after this weekend. Yeah, I would do the same. Uh, look, we all know his strengths and we all know his weakness, and I think you know, for me, that's um, that that would be the right choice. Um, and then I think Roberts is your Roberts is your hooker. Yep. And then I think uh, for tight head, um, this is interesting. Dylan was great. Let's go, Dylan. Leon hasn't played a lot of rugby lately. I would go, Dylan Lewis. Yeah, I think Dylan. I think he gets it, doesn't he? After the after the performance that he put in. Yeah. For for Cardiff. Yeah, Seb Davis is your second row. Yes. And then you've got a choice then in the as your back row cover of Ellis Jenkins, Christians, uh, Jack Morgan, James Ratty. Um, I'd be tempted to go with Morgan because it's X Factor. He won't. Um, so I think Ellis. Ellis Jenkins, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, I, I, as tempting as it is to throw Morgan into the into the mix, I think you need you know you need experience in the ranks, even coming off the bench. And with that in mind, I go Gareth Davis as your scrum half cover. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Sheedy fly half. 
or Anscombe. I can't see it being Priestland. I have a feeling it might be Priestland. Really? Who would you pick? I am a big Priestland fan, as you know. Mm. Over there. I'm going to go Priestland over there. Can you see him picking Priestland as well? I don't see the point in having Priestland in the squad, if I'm honest. I don't. I just. I find it quite a baffling selection, um, given his age and given the fact that you don't need four fly halves in the squad. Um, it's the wins, though, isn't it? They want. He, he wants. He wants the best side that he thinks is going to win. And then why doesn't he pick Reese Webb? Well, um, yeah, that's he will go Sheedy. Yeah. I would go Anscombe. Yeah. But your Chiefs are like tonight, Dan, so you can have Priestland if you want. Okay, yeah, we'll go with Priestland. And then Halla I do think your, as well. your back cover. Yeah, I love, I'll, off the off the bench, you, that's not someone you want to see coming off the bench, is it? No, the only... I think Ellis Jenkins will start though, don't you? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be... Yeah, I yeah. Think it'll be um, yes, I think he will. Uh, but I think he might start seven with Moriarty... I don't know. I, I just wonder whether it might be a little step too far for Moriarty in Pivac's eyes, so he might go him off the bench. But um, yeah, we haven't got long to find that, Dan, have we? No, not long at all. Yeah, it's um, it's crept up nicely, isn't it? Score prediction to finish. Oh. I'll give you mine while I'm waiting for those cogs in your head. Yeah. To uh, Ireland thirty-four, Wales sixteen. Really, I we. We've got to get a win over there, haven't we? At some point. I can't see it being this time round. But I always pick Wales to win, as you know. Good man. I can't remember when I I can't remember when I when I last picked Wales not to win. So maybe I'll maybe I'll change it up this time. No, I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. Wales. Wales by two. Wales by two. Wales by two. After all that, he didn't even give me a proper score yeah. prediction, but that's fine. Um, well, let's Dylan hope... Lewis to get a <laughs> Dylan Lewis to get a, get a turnover. Yeah, yeah. Dan Beggar to keep um, his, to win. Yeah, his tash has, has, has got in the way of and and has, has sort of uh, got in the way of one of the Irish players. Somehow he's got tangled up, and it's an it's an incredible turnover. Bigger steps up, looks up to the sky, slots it over. Wales win. Well, Dan, I really hope your version of events is uh, is the right one. Not just not just for the moustache story, but um, but yeah, God, that would uh, that would cheer everyone up if uh, if Wales was to get a win in Dublin. Um, so fingers crossed, you are right. We haven't got too long to go. That Six Nations gets underway next week. We'll have the squad announcement before then. So uh, yes, Dan and I and uh, and I think the Mighty Murph will be back for next week uh, to give you your, your Six Nations fix. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to that. Quick thanks, as always, to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. You can get some great quality coffee at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.